Hello and welcome back to the Corridor Cast. Today's episode is sponsored by the book, the official book, Top 10 Games You Can Play in Your Head by Yourself, edited by our very own Sam Gorski and our buddy D.F. Lovett. This book is available right now on Amazon. So there's a, if you're watching this, there's a link in the description. Otherwise, go to CorridorDigital.com and there'll be a link at the top of our website. That's right. It's available now. It's finally here. Turn your mind into the ultimate gaming engine. And with that, our guest today, we have the honor of hosting Wes Wasgood Armstrong, who is a creator and director who's seen it all and done it all. You may recognize his work from, oh, I don't know, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Vine, Instagram. He has gotten to work with some of the um, greatest comedians currently out there on uh, on the digital mediums. Um, he's gotten to work with uh, a bunch of big names in music, doing music videos, and we're going to hear his story and how he went from having $20 in his pocket when he first moved to Los Angeles to amassing over 1.7 million followers on Facebook and almost another million on Instagram. So what goes into that? What goes into the man who can amass that following for himself? And uh, what's his creative style like? We're going to find out all about it right here, right now. Welcome back to the Corridor Digital Podcast. Um, We got Wes Wasgood Armstrong here. Uh, Thanks for being here, man. Dude, thank you for having me. Yeah, you just come in to do a little cameo yes. in one of our videos. First and, time, yeah, it's about and time. It's about it took it took us like three years, good three years to, no, to, get, four, to get together on something. Twenty fifteen, yeah. so like four years, twenty nineteen now. Man, time flies. It does, dude. But it's awesome. I'm so excited because you guys have the best channel on YouTube. Dang, you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Seriously. Um, well, that's, I think what brought us here is that, uh, you came down to our studio, um, with a couple buddies, uh, a couple of years ago and, and we just had sort of this mutual admiration for the work that, yeah that we were doing. Um, and so, you know, I think that's throughout, throughout the last four years I've been searching to like say, oh, maybe we could get yeah. you in on this or maybe we could get you in on that. And, you know, no one has time, Dude, you know, cause it's, why is there not enough hours in the day? Like 24, I, it's just like. We only have, honestly, we only have about, I want to say, a good eight. You maybe? got a good eight, yeah. And it's just like that's not enough. And you got a sleeping eight. And why? Then you why got do like we have a... to sleep? Why? I think sleep is so whack. I'd be mad every time I lay down to go to sleep because I'm like, well, all they right. say it's because we have these big old brains. That's why we have to sleep so much. I need, I need, I need a surrogate. That yeah. can like operate while I sleep, then <laughs> just to get stuff done. Let me just dream pull about a my brain work. out of somebody else. Yeah, put it in. yeah. Or or like just listen. I think corridor. I think you guys have the technology somewhere in this building to duplicate. I think you do. We do. Oh yes, we do. Please <laughs> duplicate me. <laughs> That's so, cool, yeah. man. So yeah, I like, like. Let's just tell us tell us a little bit about how you got started in all this, because I mean. You've been doing this for how many years now? Just over directing, 10. writing, creating? Over over 10 years now. Yeah. But uh, I'd say it started it started when I was in my mom. Um, mm. I just... Long no. time ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, honestly, like, um, I started out in radio. Well, prior to that, I grew up in Japan. Really? Yes. I grew up in Japan, and that influenced a ton of what's going on in my life. When I moved back to the States, I was 18, and, um, you know, I was just kind of like 
terrified of the world, but I knew I wanted to be in the industry somehow. So when I went to college, I got on the radio. That's how I got the name What's Good. But that wasn't enough. Yeah. I was, you know, even though I was talent, I was like, there's another level. You know, I need to be in front of the camera. So I found this school in Florida uh, by the name of Full Sail. Yep. And I got a brochure, and they just sent me packages for an entire year. And I was like, I'm going to that school. And I'm going to work from behind the camera to get in front. You know, I was like, that's the only way I'll be able to do it. Yeah. And I, I went out there with the intentions to be an editor. And then I found out how much work that was. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And um, I started directing. Um, and there was a teacher at my school. He said... Um, Film is 24 frames, so if you can get a still frame down, you'll be able to nail 24. So I started with photography. Yeah. And I literally shot everything, you know, bus benches, doorknobs, sidewalks, just trying to find different perspective, knowing my lenses. And um, then I eventually got into directing. And uh, photography took me pretty far. I did album covers. I did magazine covers. I was working with a ton of artists. I used to take my business cards and leave it every place. I'd go to the Apple store and I'd type my website in on every computer <laughs> and I'd just leave. Um, it was just any way to get my name out there. And um, this really popular producer at the time said, find an artist in your town. I was in Orlando, Florida. That's the biggest one. And do a video for them. And um, I, did a, I did a music video for this group called Trill. And the video went up on World Star Hip Hop and that, that was really popular at the time yeah. and did a million views. And I thought I was going to be rich. I was like, that's it. I'm out the game. It's done. Everything <laughs> is going to be expensive. Sorry. I know my worth, guys. And um, that was just pre-understanding what the internet, what this world was about. Um, I, you know, at that time, I was in a relationship that didn't end up working out. And I just ended up becoming homeless. And um, I was couch surfing for like the next two years after doing that video the video first of all took like five months to do because crew members were dropping off like flies you know there was no budget i was just me and my buddy were like yo let's shoot a video and we did it and uh you know it did it did well on the internet but that doesn't mean anything you know when artists are trying to work with you i just overpriced myself you know and um like that's just me not knowing too much about the industry i'm just like yeah you guys can't afford it like i know you want to give me five thousand dollars but it's going to cost fifteen thousand dollars for me to do anything you know or you know i was just i was just overpricing myself completely and that put me in just a big hole um and then i uh my neighbor was like hey we're moving to la on monday do you want to go and i had 20 bucks I was sleeping on my friend's couch. So I asked my roommate, like, do you want to go to L.A. on Monday? And he was like, yeah, let's go. So we drove from Orlando to L.A. And uh, it was on the pretense of going to a meeting. I did have a meeting with this uh, producer I was supposed to be doing projects with. And um, that, you know, like me being not not really that knowledgeable about how L.A. works, you know, like that meeting was just you know, something to say. It was nothing the in the books. Yeah. yeah. And it was nothing scheduled. It was just yeah. like, yeah, let's, let's do a meeting when you get to LA. So we drove there. I was like, yo, we're gonna have a meeting on Wednesday. This is me scheduling it for him. Yeah. This is a huge producer. Yeah. And uh, that meeting was not even on their schedule or on their radar <laughs> at all. So I called my friends and they allowed me to stay on their couch. So now I'm in LA sleeping on another couch. Yeah. And I'm like, 
this is around the time when MySpace was really popular. YouTube was just now budding. But uh, what I would do is any video that I had, I would um, I'd go and post it. I'd I'd cut reels together all the time and I'd post it on everyone's page. This would be my job from nine to five. I'd really? send videos, yeah, visual fire, check out new visual fire, and I'd have like a compilation of music videos that I did. Um, how, did and, how did you get the footage for all that? Oh, I mean, I shot, I, I did a lot of videos. Shooting. Yeah, I did a lot of videos. Like the one big one led to other videos, even though I overpriced, there were like videos in between. Yeah. But um, it just wasn't enough to sustain. And, you know, Neither were were photography gigs. They were like small gigs, but I was shooting a lot of big artists at the time. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of the times, it's. I still think today it's about the illusion, you know, in order to get the bigger gigs, you know. So yeah. it was a lot of a lot of sacrifice, just hoping and praying that a lot of stuff is gonna really pop off. Let's um let's unpack all this a little bit. Like okay. Pre pre arriving at L A. Pre arriving at L A. Um, I mean, you started this conversation by saying you grew up in Japan. Yes. So. Unbox that for me, man, because I've never grown up there. So my mom's a Marine. Okay. Um, and when I was in third grade, she got orders to go to Okinawa, Japan. And I was like, hell no, I don't want to go there. I have friends here. Right. And Mom. Yeah, exactly, Mom. <laughs> Mom. Clearly she doesn't get it. <laughs> and uh, we moved over there, and uh, it, was, it was just the oddest thing at first. You know, you go there, and there's about – seven to eight military bases there and there's marine corps bases and there's like i think one air force base and we moved to this base called uh kinzer and i went to this elementary school and i met all these new kids and they introduced me to like dragon ball z because it wasn't out in the states it was i was on power rangers when i moved over there and then i got introduced to dragon ball z and it was just i was just in love with that show and i'm still in to this day um and I continued, I started doing martial arts, got my black belt in Okinawa Kempo, got another black belt in Taekwondo. Yeah. And um, yeah, I made great friends, some of my best friends over there. And I left my senior year of high school. So um, you were all, you were with a bunch of other military kids? Yeah. So it was like, I grew up on like, a, around a melting pot of cultures. Right. So everyone was mixed with Japanese, Native American, Korean and German, Filipino and Taiwanese, there was like everything there. Yeah. So it was really hard, you know, like, I think when you're a military kid, you wanna identify with some memory or maybe where your parents were from in the States. So when people ask where you're from, I was like, yeah, I'm from New York. You know, I'd try to have this fake New York accent, but yeah. like, I know nothing about New York. Actually, I was terrified in New York at the time because uh, my mom is from Brooklyn and my, my family, they're all West Indian. so. We have Barbados and Montserrat. So um, her growing up in New York, that's what I related my life to at the time. And uh, New York's terrifying for anyone, I feel. Man. It's it's hard to (laughs) navigate. Yeah, it's definitely hard. And as a kid, you're just like, what the heck? Um, Yeah. So, yeah, we we were in Japan. Japan was like, when I left, it was probably the hardest thing. Like, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave. And it was a culture shock coming back to the states what was the what was the like so many things what was the best thing about living there best thing about living in japan uh the culture the japanese culture is so dope they're so advanced um i you know just 
from from the video games like video games were coming out early there was so much stuff coming out early but there was so much stuff coming out late like the disadvantage at the time was uh we didn't get cable and we got movies like six months late so i'd come back to talk to my cousins or my friends i'd be like yo did you see this like yeah that came out last year all right Oh, oh, it did. Okay, <laughs> still like that? Do you know? No, no, no. It's okay. no. Nah, they everything's you know with the internet, everything's so much more advanced. Like yeah. when we got cable, we didn't get cable to like three years later, and that was for the entire island of Japan. Like they didn't have cable from the states till I think maybe ninety seven, but like ninety three to like ninety six, it was three channels: one American, two or three Japanese for us on base. I'm right. pretty sure Japanese had cable, but. Huh. We weren't getting that. Um, so it was it was honestly the best time of my life, though. Um, I learned to drive over there. I drove on the other side of the road, on the other side of the wheel. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> um, you know, coming back to the States, you know, it was a complete readjustment. It was a culture shock. Um, and that's weird because you're around a bunch of people that speak English. But, you know, coming to the States, it was just intimidating uh, from going to the gym, like I've never had to pay to go to a gym before. You had to do that here. Right. Uh, going to you, a pharmacy. You moved from from there directly to Florida. No, Atlanta. I moved from there to North Carolina. Okay. And um, that's another military base. So I finished out my senior year of high school in North Carolina at okay. this uh, base called Camp Lejeune. And uh, you know what's crazy about Japan when you grow up when you grow up in a military family, you always run into someone that you've known so i was running to people that i knew from seventh grade or fifth grade at lejeune high school i'm like oh yeah man we used to hang out and yeah you know like some of my best friends from sixth grade they lived in north carolina so it was crazy to see them and that carried on even to this day like in college um i moved to texas to go to college so i went to amarillo college in west texas a&m where i started radio that's how i got the name what's good yeah and um what ended up happening, I remember I worked, I had a job at Walmart. I had some regular jobs in the States that I'm just so glad I'm not working at anymore. Yeah, man. I worked at Domino's Pizza yep. when I was my senior year of high school. And I, I suck as, a, as an employee outside the industry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, like, I would just, people would call the phones. The phones would ring so much at Domino's, and I was on the phones. I'd pick up, and I would just, I would be exhausted from picking up the phones. And I would say, we had this little script there where we have to read the specials. And I'd be like, thank you for calling Domino's Pizza. This is Wes. Would you like to hear about our specials? <laughs> and I don't know if they're not paying attention. I don't know if I didn't enunciate. But they'd be like, no, can I hear about your specials? And this is like maybe the 200th call I had. Yeah. And I'd just be like. Just hang up. Yep. <laughs> I'm done. I'm out. I'm tapped out. <laughs> I can't do it. And uh, then they call back. I, th- I think that's because people have such a, 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 what do you call it, like a reaction to like pulling up or calling into a place to order and then immediately asking you something to upsell you. Oh, man. And it's like, because I feel like I do that sometimes. It's like <laughs> I pull up to a drive through and they're like, hey, can I da 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 And you're like, no. Yeah. Here's my order. Even if it's the same thing that they just brought they up. They just to. said, yeah, exactly. Right. It was just, oh, man. <laughs> and I remember uh, the the other thing that would happen was, um, all right, this is the other phone call story. So then they'd call back, and the camera would be on me. So I'm like, I'm, I don't want to deal with this call. So I'd just be like, and they'd be like, hello, hello. And I'm like, 
<laughs> and I hang up again. <laughs> and then, uh, then they move me to food, and I'm a snacker. I'm the type of person that, like, I'll have snacks in my house, and I won't eat them. Pulling the pepperonis yeah. off of the fish. Oh, man, pizza. I was the worst. But if I'm at somebody else's house, I'm trying to snack. I don't know why, yeah. but, like, <laughs> I'd be down the line. They're like, Wes, don't eat the food. <laughs> 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 I, mean, I couldn't help it it was just like these just seemed like edible right. to eat so boom so, when, so you so you did all that and yes. you wound up you found yourself in a radio station yes so yes. How, do you, how did you get into that gig um, I went to college in Texas I heard this girl DJ Casey on the radio and I was like that sounds kind of tight I think I could do that yeah. and I found out this which, is pre-camera too right this, this is pre-camera pre- okay. this is pre-camera um, I found out about it and I started a uh, I started doing radio. I was interning at first, and then I got on the real radio station. And uh, me and my buddy, this is when MySpace officially started. Um, like, I feel like for me, it was like 2004, 2005. Yeah. We started creating videos and putting them on YouTube. An engineer said, you should check out Full Sail University because I'm editing these videos. I'm just having fun with my friends editing videos. I was like, I felt like I was so advanced, but I was not advanced at all. I was on... I think I was on like Movie Maker. Movie too. Maker. Yeah, yeah, I think I was on Movie Maker, and um, I was like, oh, maybe I need a green screen. I don't know where I got the idea for a green screen. I never seen anything like it, but I was like, yeah, we're gonna be like flying. I had always had these advanced ideas that I could never, like, when I look back, there's no way I could ever achieve it. But like, I had the imagination for it. Yeah. And um, so I found out I well before I went to Full Sail, I went to this. I went. I did an internship at Disney World, and. I went there because having a martial arts background, I was like, oh, Disney owns yeah. Power Rangers, so I'm going to try and be a Power Ranger. So I went out there for that or a park character. I didn't get any of them. And I didn't get any of them because you had to know how to dance, and I just don't know how to dance. Yeah. I don't know choreography. It's just not my skill set. So um, boom, I'm there, and they stick me in fast food. <laughs> you know? the calls started ringing again <laughs> good god and like i i just could not i couldn't deal with it it was just it was too much yeah. like um dealing with the at disney there's certain things that you have to do you have to go out they when you're when you're on the floor they call it being on stage and you have to be out there with a smile if you're not out there with a smile you can get written up right. you can't point with one finger you have to point with two or this it's like this because this can disrespect people and in some cultures. So, Dang. so I'm there for like five months, but I met some great friends there. I just, I just couldn't work there, you know. So I came back to the states, did the radio, found out he. T- I came back with videos, and that's when he told me about Full Sail, and I was like, all right. A year later, I'm back in Orlando, Florida, uh, attending Full Sail University. And the, at what point did uh, did you first put a camera in your hands throughout this? Oh, well, I was putting a camera in my hands when I was doing the MySpace videos. Okay. I was sitting there editing those myself, and I thought yeah. they were like, I thought they were great, and they're... <sighs> it's the 4.3, and it's grainy, and there's oh my no goodness. lighting. And... and I thought I was making magic. Right. I thought I was making magic. Um, so, <laughs> boom, I'm at Full sale, and it is like, what's the best place in the world? Probably, they probably, people probably say Disney's the best place in the world. Like, that was it for me. Like, this is where I need to be. And um, I was just surrounded by so many driven and creative people. And not so driven and creative people. You know, like you start out with a class of 100 and it breaks down to like 30 because people are just dropping yeah, off like flies. Yeah. yeah. And so like Full Sail is an accelerated course. So you had 
four hours lecture, eight hour lab, or four hours uh, lecture, four hours lab. And we're going through anything from screenwriting to cinematography to directing to shooting on film, 35 and 16 millimeter photography, developing film. It, it was just, it was just dope. And I had like a, you know, I learned really about networking. And so I connected with a bunch of teachers and they helped me with shooting projects. I remember my senior project. I can show you my senior project. You want to see that one? Yeah. It's, it was for Rockstar Energy Drink. Okay. And um, I found out um, that, you know, it was a great commercial, but I learned a, a valuable lesson about putting the product in in the commercial at least three times. Yeah. And I didn't really have any close-ups of the product. But it was like I had everyone come out. So like at Full Sail, there's so many different degree programs. You have music, music, you have show production, you have digital art and design, you have um, – production design and you have filmmaking and most black people that are there are in music so it was when people asked me oh you're in music i was like no i'm i'm in filmmaking they're like oh shit that's crazy you know like i don't know why but that's just how it was there um uh, supply and demand i guess yeah yeah and i was just i was crazy about you know making dope stuff so So that was that with that you were able to hook up with people who are doing music and start making music videos yep Exactly. And I would take pictures of the artists and, you know, just, I was really into, I got into Lightroom at the time. So yeah. my images were Lightroom's like, kind of like cartoony, but yeah. nobody else was doing it. So they're like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just using my presets that I made. Using <laughs> you know? my presets, man. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was on Lightroom Heavy. I ended up uh, working with uh, this company at the time called Ozone Magazine. Okay. And they're really popular in Atlanta and Florida. And so I started doing photos of Pitbull, DJ Khaled, B.O.B., um, Ace Hood, like all these rappers and artists that I'm meeting. And I was like, you know what? I, You know, the one of the goals at the time was to get me in like iced out chain and a grill. I don't know why. But then you find out right. that it's just it's like all smoke and mirrors. So um, what do you mean by that? It's just sometimes it's not what it seems like you know it's a new artist and you're thinking oh wow they have all this money you know like this is gonna you know they're gonna pay me a lot of money to do my thing but it's 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 an investment for the manager or the label for the artist so this is like some of this stuff might not be paid off for maybe this stuff is just for the video you know video advance yeah exactly exactly but you don't know that going into you're thinking like wow they're coming out they're about to blow up they are rich already like i don't know how it worked you know, I don't understand the business end of things. They used to do that with those uh, No Limit albums. Remember, they used to do all the the CG like gold and man, yeah, and, and, you, and, and you're like, yo, they're on, yeah. You know, um, but it, you know, just like any business, it takes time to ramp up, and so that that was like, you know, uh, a lesson I had to learn. So, music videos. I'm traveling around doing music videos. Well, I'm I graduated school. I'm doing music videos within Florida. Moved to LA. And then I started getting music videos back in Florida. So now I'm flying back and forth, and then finally I just stay there another year. It was uh, it was tough, but I, I somehow made it out of it. Um, I ended up getting a job at Buna Murray. So this is my first job working with an actual like television studio. So they produce Kardashians and okay. Real World and stuff like that. But I was over in the digital department. Yeah. Um, a fellow Full Sail grad got me the job. So I came in as a producer on the show for a YouTube show. It was kind of like, it was called Breakdown. And um, I worked there for like two years. And in that time, it was when YouTube was like, 
going like this. So this is 2012. Yeah. 2012, YouTube is just on the rise. And in between, well, 2011, 2011 to like 2013, I think, that's when it was like really like going yeah, in. That's, yeah, that's when anybody could jump in. And, yeah. And, and everyone was like blowing up. So they, I was shot two shows every day, Monday through Friday. And then I started creating my own shows. And around that time, between that time, um, I did a series. I did a short film, um, a Spider-Man short film that right. blew up on the internet. It blew up. I ended up meeting Marvel execs. I meet Screen Gem execs, uh, like the CEO um, or president at the time. Um, I met him. Of Marvel? Of Screen Gems. Okay. And uh, then they took it down. Like I went to Comic-Con. And I was like, what do you guys think about taking, like, comic books and making... Dude, the short Spider-Man film that I did was Miles Morales, all right? And this is right when the comic dropped. I was like, oh, I'm, I love this character. This is so dope. Let me make a short film about this. So I went to Comic-Con, and there's, like, you know, the project had been out maybe three weeks. And uh, there was a whole line to talk to people on the Marvel panels. And I went up there, and I asked them, I was like, what do you guys think about, you know taking comic books and making live action pieces out of it they're like we don't mind that at all we think actually think that's great nobody's really doing that at the time and uh, i think i think there was superhero beatdown i think they were starting to do theirs but no one was making like short films out of them i don't think anyway yeah but um i told them about that and the whole crowd erupted i can't even lie it was like 400 people inside there was so many people and they're like you made that that's been circulating around our office for weeks like come up here we got to talk to you and i'm taking pictures with them and i How made funny. that great contact it was i was like oh i'm about to make it i thought i was like this is crazy brian michael bendis retweeted it it was like it was just a great time and uh then it ended up being taken down for copyright infringement god damn and i was just like, oh, like yeah. are you kidding me so i put a little disclaimer in front of it and uploaded it again and then it's then it's, it's still there to this day. It right. didn't it didn't get back to a million, but it's it's whatever. Right. Um. And then uh, Vine came out. Yeah. And I got introduced to 20, it in February. Twelve. I think twenty thirteen. Okay. I think twenty thirteen. I got introduced to it in February. My friend Ken Michael was like, "Yo, you should check out this app. I think you could do really well on it." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh man, it's over. It's over." And then I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it for like six months, and then. Well, let me, and also in this YouTube time is when I'm meeting like a lot of YouTubers. Like, so when I came to LA in 2009, I met like JK Films and, you know, Wax and all these other YouTubers that are just doing their thing. And we're just, we're just kind of like hanging out and they're doing their thing. And I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to like start doing videos like this. Yeah. But I didn't understand the process behind it. And, um, so I still was meeting YouTubers in that time. And well, a lot I, of them jumped over to Vine at that yeah. time. Yeah. Well, this is well before Vine. That's what I'm saying. Before uh -huh. Vine, I met I met them, and um, my Spider-Man thing had blew up, and this guy named King Batch hit me up, like, "Yo, I saw your Spider-Man video." And I was yeah. like, "That's crazy, dude! I just seen your videos last week." And yeah. then we started collabing on doing videos. I did like music videos for him. I did like three big music videos for him, and we were just hanging out all the time. And I like when I did the music videos, I invited all these different YouTubers to his video set. So J.K. Films. Um, Daystorm yeah. and a bunch of other people and then he connected with Daystorm and they just started shooting videos and they just started blowing up and I'm like ah oh, that's cool you know I'm still doing this thing over here for the television show Yeah. then Vine came out and I, 
they were like, you know, this one was like, yo, you should come shoot vines with us. I'm like, all right, I'll come through. And I just started filming them. I yeah. just, I just come through, film it, and I'm like, all right, I'll see you guys later. You know, like, yo, you should, you're funny, you should shoot vines. So I think I that's like, where we first recognized, uh, where we first recognized yeah. what you were doing. Because yep. I realized, like, you were shooting a bunch of videos. Yeah. Because we did a project with Daystorm back in, like, man, it must have been 2011. It was, like, one of the first videos we did. And then we, we just kind of followed him, you know, yeah. what he was doing. And then, yeah, and then yep. through that connection is how we came, came exactly. to know you. And so, like, I wasn't... I I was doing this stuff for the YouTube for the YouTube show that I was working on. So like I was just tag breakdown in it. I'm like, yeah, if I'm gonna be in it, just tag breakdown. Yeah. And Daystorm was like, bro, you should make your own channel. I was like, mm. no, I'm I'm producing television. And uh, I remember I'll never forget in a month because Batch was just doing it back to back to back to back. I was like, bro, I don't understand how you're doing this, man. Like you're just doing it back to back to back. Cool. Yeah. He got a million followers in a month. Yeah. I'll never forget. And I was like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to make my own channel. <laughs> yeah. So I started making my own channel and uh I sucked. I sucked for a very long time. Yeah. Um I'd say a year and a half to be exact. I was it was hard to get people to retweet my stuff. It was hard to get people to, you know, like share my stuff. It was just you know, me trying to do it. And it was me, Splack and Woody, and we were just grinding it out all the time. Me, Splack Woody, uh Lulu and uh, Layla used to come over. We'd just be shooting all the time. Yeah. And uh, just, it would, you know, it would just be in my neighborhood. And we just started gaining traction. But, like, I wouldn't say mine was, like, the best. Splack had an Android phone. And we were just figuring it out. I remember right. when I first met Woody, he paid me 20 bucks to shoot a video for him. And I right. shot the video, and I lost the 20 bucks. And I really needed that 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um yeah. So what clicked on Vine? At what point did you did you figure just, out a format? Yeah, they would call my stuff well edited deletes because it always looked good, but it was just not funny. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, at one point it just clicked, and then every video I was posting was getting a million views. What so was my, that about I, it creatively? Making it simple. Okay. Making it simple. Um. So we, I mean, like it was me, Bash, Leanne, Clarity. Melvin, it was all of us just, just we'd have like meetups at Daystorm's house and we'd shoot all day, or I'd be at my house with uh, Batch. I mean, uh, with Woody and Splack, and we'd shoot for hours. And we like me, I'm so technical with it. I'd be trying to get like different angles, wit pen, and yeah. all this stuff like that. And then um, you know, Vine ended up, you know, obviously slowing down and kind of like dying. And I I recognized that. I was like, dang man, this is you know like this isn't the same, you know, like the pop three pages isn't the same. And, you know, I was never up in like the top 10 Viners. I was in the, maybe like the top thousand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just, it was, it was, it was tough because there was a lot of talented people out there. Yeah. Um, That's how we met Danny Gonzalez. Yeah. Oh, was, so good. Yeah. So good. Because it's, it's through, through that. So that was what clicked for you creatively though. On yeah. It making it the simple. The simplicity of it is the, is the, the one hit from the setup to the punchline, yep. setup to the punchline. Yeah, and that was it's still like it's still like it's tough, you know. But thankfully, I got some, you know, that really popped off. And then Instagram introduced their fifteen seconds, and I was like, great, more time. Mm -hmm. And so that started doing really well for me. And um, then they introduced a minute. I'm like, oh, great. Um, I think I'm gonna go to Facebook. So I went to Facebook, and my page hit a million in like four months 
like I started, you know, taking my time doing like more cinematic style content and like just doing it my way. You know, like sometimes yeah. when you're around a lot of people, you try to do it their way and, you know, you get caught up in like that mindset of like, oh, I can only do it this way. But I had to really get content and comfortable with myself and the things that I like. And yeah. I was like, you know, I don't care. Let me just do it my way. And it caught on. Yeah. So I ended up getting a million followers and it was like the best day ever. You know, they don't give you a plaque on Facebook for getting a million followers. But no. my girlfriend, she made one. Shout out to you, Brandy. Nice. <laughs> she made me one <laughs> and it was really tight. And uh, that's where, you know, I feel like life really started changing for me. Yeah. Um, I started working with a ton of brands, you know, producing content for them that was going viral and blowing up. And it's, it's just been great. So from that point, I'd say like the last three four years have really just on the internet have been very successful have been very fun and uh i've had a lot of opportunities to work with like a lot of people that i've always wanted to work with in terms of studios and terms of companies um it's just been great and how did your um how did your creative process evolve from that from when you really figured out the simplicity of what connected with people on vine how did you translate that into instagram and then over to facebook and and how is that really like a lot of people you know they'll say like just be yourself and it really is about authenticity like what yeah. do you like your your unique perspective on how you view things is different from everybody else so people are going to gravitate to stuff they've they've never thought of or seen before you know like nothing nobody's ever going to think of the same exact thing the same exact way and yeah. i and i love that so i really honed in like i like cartoons I like anime. I like martial arts. Like, these are things I like to do. Why not just do the things I like to do as opposed to trying to, like, shift and curve with, like, what's the trending topic of the day or something like that. Like, that's not me. Yeah. You know, I could do – it's really easy for me to hop on the trends of, like um, – I'm trying to think of one that – everyone did yeah there's so many of them that everyone would do and then you'll see a whole bunch of different versions of those ice bucket challenge yeah ice bucket challenge whatever it is like i could do those and uh, like those will do well but you know what do i really like so i just honed in on being authentic to like my own voice things i like i retired from doing music videos i absolutely refuse to do those (laughs) really yeah because i just i like you know when you're doing and working for another company are you know you're kind of like your creativity is at the disposal of what they want you to do right and uh when i started working for different companies operating from my page they were like what do you want to do yeah what's your idea what do you like well you're the distributor yeah i'm the distributor i'm like this is way better i can just i have creative freedom like maybe they'll give me some guidelines but outside of that i can control and create stuff on my own and like it's just been amazing it's a different world so yeah yeah, that's led me here yeah now to this day right i think uh, well i think in the lesson of that is like just hearing that story mm. i know you gotta go soon so Mm. um but that this is what i took away first and foremost you you learned the tools yeah and that because people always ask us how do you do it how do you what do you do how do you get into it how do you yeah how do you shoot stuff? What do you, you know, all that. And that's the first thing is that you, you started with the tools, both from like the, uh, camera standpoint, and then also just the grind to work, 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 you know, just that, that process of just going through and meeting people, figuring out how other people are doing things, figuring out what's working for them, 
what's not working for them, yeah. how that applies to what you want, figuring yeah. out what you don't want, you know, and then really putting yourself in a position with the education that you've garnered from this experience to take advantage of an opportunity when it comes along. Big time. You know, because it's like, and it's even like what you said with Vine, like the first couple of times you saw it, you're like, eh. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just, maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's for you. It's working for you. That's great. But maybe it's not for me. And then, but it wouldn't, it, it would be a lot different if you had never touched a camera or yeah. you had never done anything creatively. And then all of a sudden you sat there and your buddies are making Vine videos that are blowing up and you decide you want to do it too, but you got to start there. Yep. Think of how, you know, think of yeah. all the they work you put it. in up to that point allowed that yeah you had to like really humble yourself honestly because you're shooting on a phone and like i feel like if you're a filmmaker you could shoot on anything but like how they were doing it was just it's a whole different style but then you you know you're used to shooting on like bigger cameras and i gotta do this on this little phone yeah like it's almost like traveling backwards but at the same time it's 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 advanced right you know what i mean it's so crazy because there's no editing you're you're shooting for the edit like right and i've always been a believer of shooting for the edit so all right i know that a vine video down i need about eight clips at point six or point eight seconds yeah you know to tell a story so i could fit a lot of stuff in to tell a six second story 6.5 second or 6.8 second story yeah but it's got to be all right i want to get a medium i want to get a wide i want to get push from this way but you know and then i have to trim do it in a refined way right in right in there and then we'd figure out different ways to hack the phone to get inside to download on the computer and that way then backdoor upload it to the to the phone it was a lot of stuff so like a six second video could potentially take you eight hours right you know and that's insane but like you're just you're trimming you're trimming you're trimming you're trimming cutting the fat cutting the fat cutting the fat all right cool this is good what do you guys think and you're in group chats and people could be like, that's trash or that's heat. Um, yeah. I got a lot of like, no responses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just go back to the drawing board and figure out different ways. And then when I got to Facebook, I could repurpose these videos, make them longer and really have a well thought out idea. So you found your style on Vine. Mm-hmm. You went to Instagram and to Facebook from there. And it was all sketches, sketches, you know, improving, yeah. improving, improving. And eventually you told me before this conversation that Facebook picked something up yes. from you. What is that? So I did, um, I did a series of sketches. I did three of them. They're called Couples Night. And they literally blew up in like a day. Like yeah. I'm talking about like 5 million views I saw like those. in a day. And I'm like, okay, this is crazy. And then Facebook, they they kind of uh, made me the – they were looking for influencers that, you know, kind of encompass like, you know, directing, producing, writing, acting, all in one. And they're starting this thing called the Watch Program. Mm-hmm. And they selected me as like the first African-American face of Facebook for their Facebook creators app because I encompassed all those things. And they're like, hey, do you have any ideas for a series? We're looking to onboard you for our new program. Yeah. And I was like, well, I have this sh- this series I did called Couples Night, and I sent them a few videos. They're like, great, uh, let's tr- let's do a trial run and you know release episodes every Friday for the next six months. And they had to be a minimum, I think, of six I mean, months every Friday. Yeah. Wow. I think it, I think it was yeah twenty six yeah. videos. Yeah. Wow. And um, I think it had to be a minimum of. A minute and 30 seconds um and i did it and they loved it it did well 
And, um, but I, you know, I discovered something, you know, like one-offs don't really work in a series type form. Mm-hmm. So I had to revamp things. They, they re they, they renewed me like three other times. So I, as that, as that happened, I was able to really like, kind of like advance my way in filmmaking in terms of like writing scripted shows. Yeah. So I had, uh, brought two buddies on Rome and Paris to help me flesh out these stories and write, write these scripts out fully. And uh, I ended up creating like uh, four four episodes a season. I did end up doing six seasons, but the first season was like seven episodes of just one offs. The second season was four episode uh, four episodes that I would condense into one uh, short film. The third season was the same thing, and the fourth and fifth season were that same thing. So by the fifth season, I did eight episodes and condensed it into a 40 minute short film really um yeah so that was your first chance to do something yeah scripted basically yep first chance to do something scripted and you know like i just got better along the way so that was that was an amazing opportunity just to like get my mind wrapped around like what it is to be a scripted show and like there were no expectations besides make a minute right in 30 you know like a minute 30 video um but i was making four to seven minutes short films and this was like it's crazy to do that in a week so yeah. i'd shoot i shoot it all in one day yeah or i'd shoot it i'd take two days to shoot because like the budget you know wouldn't allow me just to do you know an extended amount of shooting so right. i try to shoot as much as i could i one one night i did 30 pages one day i did 30 pages in like 12 hours and that's of, a lot of shooting of shooting yeah Woo. went all the way through these were eight episodes i I did the whole thing and um yeah it was crazy and we'd break it down into like all right this is episode one this is episode two episode three but like I you know I soon discovered I like to shoot two cameras I don't want to shoot anything less than two cameras so let me just get this coverage yeah and make sure I get my wide it's faster and but then there's you know I have to do another take let me do another take and it's hard directing and acting at the same time but you know I was able to achieve it you know yeah. like uh learn to prepare better you know to you know give myself different options on takes there was so much stuff going on but it was like it was like an intense boot camp for where my career is going next yeah it burned me out after i did it like i did that for an entire <laughs> year and it, yeah. it, it like it burnt me out so since then i've done a few sketches but i haven't really like dove in too much you know i need to like revamp it back up because it was literally myself on the post and myself and two other people doing all everything um i had i had a music i had two music guys that would provide me for like the intro um but yeah it was it was crazy so two writers myself course directing editing producing um my special effects guy and then another editor and that was it and then then eventually i was able to bring on a colorist yeah very small team but producing like big stuff and end up getting you know collectively about 15 million views i wish you know i that's that's an accomplishment but i'd like i would have liked more but it's it's cool you know like sometimes when you're rushing you sacrifice quality uh just to get the product out because by contract i had to have episode out every friday right and because i learned the first time around i'm like uh you know maybe i'll release this one on saturday as opposed to friday and you get penalized meaning you don't get paid right and i'm like well that's coming out of my pocket now yeah so it was it was a very fun ride, um, and thank you Facebook for that. <laughs> for sure, man. Uh, I think um, that 
just to point point out, I think the process of that just quickly is the. That's what we're finding is iteration is. I think iteration is going to be king over the next uh, over the next few years here, especially mm-hmm. with digital media. Big I mean, time. I think traditional is going to continue to put out what it's currently doing and and keep those formats. Yeah, but man, uh, with digital stuff like that's what we're finding is the more we can iterate on a character or a style or yeah. a genre or a story, just the more the audience likes it and wants to see more of it yeah. and, and it, and it, and it you, you can create these storylines or these pillars or these, or these uh, features or these shows that, that drive the rest of your content. Yep, exactly. And it's, it's been, it's been an amazing experience. You know what? This, this show actually got me nominated for a streamy, my first streamy as best director. Sweet. And that was pretty tight. You yeah. know, like it wasn't anything I was expecting, but, uh, you know, to be recognized after doing all that hard work, just, you know, like there was no expectations behind it. It's just like, I just want to be better at this. Yeah. And to be recognized like that, it was just an amazing honor. I was like, this is not anything I ever expected, but it was great. So. Dope. New Heights. Every new day. Yep. Every day. Heck yeah, man. So with all that taken into consideration, what what are the thing? what's like the big thing that, that, is is what you're getting into now uh creatively and then um you know where do you see yourself in uh another year or, or another five years and and what what are you doing now to make that happen so where i see i guess i'll start where i see myself in another year to five years i for sure will be directing feature films like probably the blockbusters that are going to theaters okay. i'm i'm 120 percent positive of that um, it's a sure man right there. Oh, yeah. I'm a big believer in myself and speaking things into existence. And like I said, there's no plan B. Yeah. Uh, the internet has just been a huge foundation for me um, in terms of networking, making friends, seeing like the scope of creativity from different individuals, uh, and trying to bridge the gap between traditional and digital so i've graduated the sony directors program i've shadowed on several fox shows i'm you know meeting and partnering with different people i have a great partnership with real d 3d they produce you know you know 3d Mm -hmm. uh films um met with the ceo met with their marketing team and uh there's a mutual love there um in terms of really like making their films seem like the biggest thing on earth um, I've partnered with studios like Lakeshore Entertainment. I've produced shorts with them. Um, I've pitched, you know, they've given me scripts to pitch to them what I think, what my direction is. Uh, same thing with other studios. Uh, so they're but, consulting you now on that stuff. Is like yeah, a lot you're, of, you're, cause that's the studio system. Is you gotta you gotta work your way, kind of yep. the shadowing thing, that the mm-hmm. sort of becoming in as like a consultant on different things, and, yeah. and meeting and networking along yep. the way. Exactly, and it's it's a beautiful process. Like every time I come onto a studio lot, it's that like I said, it's that feeling. It's it's the same feeling from Full Sail, same feeling from Japan, same feeling when I moved out to LA. Um, it's a refreshing feeling where I'm just like, okay, this is it. Like I know like something's gonna happen here. You know, like I know it, I feel it, and I'm just like. I'm always on the hunt for that feeling and yeah. uh I, it's hard to explain but I just know 
you know, when things are going to heat up. And even if they don't, you know, like, I'm I'm always very hopeful. I'm always thinking big. I'm always on, you know, to the next thing. Like, yeah, if it didn't work out, you know, like, I'm all about planting seeds. So seeds I've planted over the past 10 years, some of them are blossoming today. Like, one of the guys, remember I worked at with Suzanne DePass in Madison, um, the lady who found Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. There was a guy there that was working um, there. He was one of the producers um, on that team. He's the vice president of diversity at Sony now. So that's a seed I planted 10 years ago. Yeah. And he's like, what have you been up to? I've done this on the internet. He was like, yo, do you have any shorts to submit to the Sony Directors Program? Right. Yes, I do. And it was a thriller, and it got me into the program. And that's parlayed to so many other things. And people that have directed that or went through that program did Moonlight, did If Beale Street Could Talk. They're winning Oscars. Like, it's, you know, like... So things are working out, and I'm I'm moving into, you know, I'm stepping into my purpose. I'm walking into my purpose every time I do something, uh, linking with Paramount. You know, there's a lot of people over there that believe in what I'm doing, and you know, it's a lot of speaking stuff into existence and just really like loving life. And so if you could attribute that that sort of positive mentality to to one or two things in your life, what would you what would you fall back on for that for that Probably inspiration? My mom. My mom. My mom's always like she's always been my biggest fan. She's like everything the the philosophies I have on just how to approach things have really come from her. You know, speak it into existence. Put the ten thousand hours in. Yeah. Um. You know, know your worth. Like these things have been, you know, monumental in my life and helped me really just. They're like. They're like you know beats in a script. You know, like these yeah. are the beats I make sure I always hit. You know, when I go into any situation, when I'm thinking, when I wake up in the morning, like, all right, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. You know, and like, I don't know, she's dope. Yeah, you man. Know, she's dope. So, yeah. Well, she set you on your way and. Yeah. She brought me to Japan. Yeah. You know? <laughs> she brought me back to the States. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, it's, she's, she's been really great. So. Well, man, I hope you, I uh, wish yeah. you all the best of luck. And Dude, once again, thank I thank you. you for coming down here and That's spending this time with absolutely, us. Absolutely, man. Listen. Where can people find you? You guys can find me on everything at What's Good. Um, Corridor and What's Good sketch is coming soon. Hopefully short films and movies. Corridor, <laughs> you guys are great. Seriously. Like, man, I just got to start sharing you guys stuff more because, like, when I see it, I'm just... <laughs> uh, this is what I'm talking about. It's so it's so dope. So we'll hit us up know. and let's do something else. Again Absolutely, soon. man. I can't wait. I really can't wait, man. All right, cheers. So, cheers to you guys. Thank you. <laughs> Huge thanks once again to Wes for coming on and sharing his thoughts and views and opinions and style. Uh, it was a great conversation. Um, you guys can also check out uh, more full episodes. Uh, wherever you find your podcasts or on the CorridorCast YouTube page. Uh, And remember, today's episode brought to you. Top 10 games you can play in your head by yourself, edited by our very own Sam Gorski. I mean, I can't tell you enough about this book. If If you've ever wondered what it's like to be a trucker and to have to survive and build a family business from the ground up, I mean, this is the book for you. If you've ever wondered what it's like to, uh, I don't know, uh, explore space, build your own spaceship. Um, have you, have you ever thought about this? Have you ever wondered what is a dungeon? Because it's not what it seems. 
It's not what it seems. And you're going to find it all in this book right here. Turn your mind in the ultimate gaming engine. That's right. Top 10 games you can play in your head. Amazon.com. Link in the description or go to corridordigital.com. You'll find it there.